You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of the book of Henry. Our legacy isn't how many commas we have in our bank account. It's who we're lucky enough to have in our lives and what we can leave them with. Henry, remind me again where we can put you in a gifted school. Because it's better for my psychosocial development for me to interact with a peer group in a normal school environment. Oh, yeah. Hey, Susan, I guess I could just set you up a direct deposit if that's easier. I, I don't know. I'll have to ask Henry. You have to ask your 11-year-old? Did our financial statement come in the mail today? Yeah, I forgot to give it to you. I don't know how you do it all by yourself. Come on, I have Henry. Find me another male of the species who's more grown up than him. I'd like to. This story, it's about me, my brother, my mom, and the girl who lived next door. Henry and Peter, they're lucky to have you. And your father's lucky to have you, too. Stepfather. You okay? I'm good. Mom, I have to tell you something, and it's very important. Christine is in trouble. When someone hurts someone else, we have to make it better. There's only one way to stop it. I'd hope to do it all myself, but that's not an option. There has to be another way to help Christina. Mr. Sickleman is the police commissioner. I'm not going to subject him to public scrutiny without conclusive evidence. All right, everyone, you were listening to the trailer for the book of Henry, and the story is as follows. Single mother Susan Carpenter works as a waitress alongside her feisty family friend, Sheila, taking care of everyone and everything in his own way is Susan's older son, Henry. Protective of his brother and a tireless supporter of his often self-doubting mother, Henry blazes through the days like a comet. When Susan discovers that the family next door harbors a dark secret, she is surprised to learn that Henry has devised a plan to help the young daughter. The film is starring Naomi Watts, Jaden Lieberher, Jacob Tremblay, Sarah Silverman, Lee Pace, Maddie Ziegler, and Dean Norris. It is directed by Colin Trevorrow and written by Greg Hurwitz. Join me for this review. I have Josh Williams. What's going on, everybody? And Josh, I want to just first start off by saying that um, our review for this week was actually supposed to originally be Cars 3. Um, When reviews started dropping for the book of Henry, we pretty much called an audible and decided (laughs) that this was too good of an opportunity to pass up. With that said, I want to just say before we get into this here that this review is going to be full-blown spoilers for the movie people um i am not doing a spoiler section for this movie because i feel like i cannot adequately talk about this film without actually revealing the spoilers yeah um josh let's let's start off with you because i think i need a moment (laughs) to gather my thoughts here i think Um, i've had a whole evening and i still need a moment to like (laughs) gather my thoughts um was anybody in your theater when you saw this uh, a lot. There was co- there was more people than I was expecting. Okay. So I thought that I was in an empty theater mm-hmm. uh, because I was sitting, like, up close. Mm-hmm. And then I turned around, and it turns out that there actually was some people. Yeah. Um, but then I decided, you know what? I need to be on my phone, and I need, I need to be, like, live tweeting right now yeah. as I'm watching this because this movie is so 
one unengaging and yeah. two just completely baffling i needed like moment by moment reaction so i actually got up and i sat like in the last row yeah um and the very few people that were in my theater when this movie ended some of them actually shouted obscenities like what the fuck yeah and some of them were just laughing other people were just walking out of there like that was the worst thing i've ever seen yeah Oh, my dear, sweet, holy God, is this movie terrible. Most of the people that I saw it with seemed to enjoy it. Like, I heard some... What? Sn- like, I heard some sniffles from the audience, and, like, I was just like... <sighs> I've, like never, a- I've never come close to walking out of, the mo- out of the movie. We're just jumping right into spoilers. I've never come close to walking out of a movie, but right after Henry dies... And there's this sequence of when he, um, when Naomi Watts opens the safe and finds the tape recorder and she starts listening. And he's like, if you're reading this, I'm dead. I thought they were going to try and allude to the fact that he knew he was going to die. I was going to walk out. I was like, I'm fucking done. Like, if this literally happens, I'm leaving. This is fucking retarded. And then they went on and it was like, I'm sorry if I snuck out. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank fucking God. <laughs> Cause this is, this is still, um, one of the most ludicrous, insane, absolutely baffling uh, stories I've ever seen play out on screen. This is yeah. like the room level yeah. in terms of how the hell did people read this screenplay and think that this was a good idea? I want to know who read some of those lines and went, ah, oh, that's fucking gold. Let me let me read some of the lines because I actually wrote some of them down. Oh, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yes, I, I, I needed to. Um, okay, so one of my favorite lines in the movie is when Naomi Watts just looks at uh, uh, her, her son's mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, her son rather, because at this point, uh, spoiler alert: Henry is dead um, from a f- oh f- from a brain tumor. Because there's nothing like cancer for a child in a family movie, by the way, to just yeah. lighten up your spirits. Um, anyways, the line is: "We are not killing the police commissioner." Yeah, and that's exactly <laughs> that's how one. the line is delivered and said. That's a good one. And it sounds terrible. Oh, oh wait, this is great. Um, Lee Pace. Lee Pace plays uh, the doctor in this movie mm-hmm. who tends to Henry and then I guess is sort of positioned to be Naomi Watts's love interest, I suppose. Kind of. Like right. But that. as awkward as that sounds and as awkward as I'm making it sound, that's not as awkward as his line deliveries are in this movie. <laughs> so like he just has like one scene where like he's awkwardly like with Naomi Watts and uh, Jacob Tremblay. Uh, he just conveniently shows up to like their um, talent show uh, at the school yeah, because weird. Jacob Tremblay asked him, by the way, and he doesn't think that it's a good idea to even call up the mother. He just shows up yeah. and he's all like, oh, I hope this is OK. He's and like, she's think all this is attractive. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, it's just so creepy. And he just has this moment where he go- where he says the following line. He says, OK, I'll just. Um, and then I have in, uh, I have in <laughs> asterisks here backs off. Yeah. He like, just like, like casually steps back and walks away. Um, and then he has another line towards the end of the movie after, um, Jacob Tremblay does like this talent show where, to be honest with you, I actually thought like there was going to be a twist at the end of this movie where they were going to reveal that Henry was alive the entire time. And he just came up with this whole elaborate scheme to try and get his mother to be the real mother of the household. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and to like make this decision on her own. Uh, we'll get a little bit into that, but like that would have made the movie. Uh, but Lee Pace has a line that he delivers to like Jacob Tremblay, where he's like kneeling down, he's looking at him oh, in the yeah, eyes yeah. after his magic trick, and he says, "You know, as a scientist, I never believed in magic, but <laughs> Peter the Great." <laughs> and he's just like, it's the most. Uh, I just, so I don't under, I don't think Colin Trevorrow or Trevorrow, however you say his name, I really don't think he understands children. Yeah, I, I really don't. Yeah. Um, because I'm watching these kids in this talent show at the end, and they're doing like burping jokes and things like that, and I'm just like, this isn't how children behave. It was really weird. Like when, like even when they introed the classroom, and the kid is like. I want to be the best dodgeball player in the world. I want to be an Olympic dodgeball player or whatever. I was like, mm-hmm. what the? nobody does that. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't the nineties. Like kids don't do that anymore. <laughs> well, that's the funny thing about this. I, I, I understand that this screenplay is apparently 20 years old. Is it really? I didn't know that. It, yeah. And apparently nobody wanted to make it, which is the There's other thing about this. That's so <laughs> insane to me is why did Colin Trevorrow read the screenplay and want to make it? Yeah, I want to know who read it and went. That's a good idea. Let's let's do this. Movies take an obscene amount of time to develop, shoot, put in post production, release out to the world. They take a very long time. Yeah. There was a lot of time to sit on this material and go no. And <laughs> nobody asked questions like, "What is the message of this movie? Yeah. Does any of this sound a little ridiculous? Are we possibly?" playing around with too many genres here it's so funny because before i had any problems with the message i had problems with just the filmmaking itself so like yeah just like the second the movie starts i think it i was like man this is this is like horribly edited yeah it's it's got it's got a lack of uh forward momentum and energy now i will say this in defense of the movie the first third of the film um is actually probably the strongest because that's where the film is actually the most grounded in my opinion okay um you you get this basic premise the premise is that naomi naomi watts is this single mother she's a waitress uh who you know is not really the adult figure that these children need yeah yeah. she plays fucking gears of war you know there's so much about it that just like ruins you know if there's one pet peeve i have in film and television it's uh when adults clearly don't know how to play video games and you can just see that they're just button mashing and it's like that's not how the fucking game works yeah you know anyways um so henry her uh, oldest son uh, does all of her financials for her, gives her uh, often, you know, um, big boy advice or yeah, big yeah. girl advice for her. And the younger brother, uh, Pete, played by Jacob Tremblay, uh, who's still, you know, cute as ever. Can we just talk about how talented Jacob Tremblay is? Hold on. We're going to get to that. <laughs> we're going to get to that. Um, but I agree. So let me just preface by saying that uh, none of the faults of this movie, in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, are on the cast uh I, yeah, you know I'm right there. they're just given the worst material and the worst direction possible yeah anyway so moving on from that um you know you have this story about this uh son who's really the head of the household and it's an interesting flip here and i'm actually kind of intrigued by this premise at first i, I could see how somebody could read the screenplay and think that this was an interesting concept right yeah and then midway through the movie 
which is what all the marketing material has hidden from us, by the way. Mm -hmm. This movie takes a very serious turn where Henry has a, like a seizure and is then brought to the hospital and the doctor is like trying to like, you know, Lee Pace is like all like, hey, listen, uh, here's the thing. And the, the kid's just like, just cut to the chase, man. Like, yeah. I, I, I just, just don't feed me the bullshit. I know that I'm sick. I'm probably dying. Am I dying? Yeah. Okay. And, and he just like resigns to it, mm -hmm. you know, and then he fucking dies. But then the weird thing is that they never show him dying, I think, right? No, they do. Well, okay, well, well, so she's holding, she's holding him in her arms, and he kind of goes, like, lifeless, I suppose. Yeah, he, like, he goes, like, limp, yeah. But, but we never got, like, the quote-unquote funeral scene. Yeah, yeah. We never saw, like, it's never, like, confirmed, and this is why, like, I kept having this sneaking suspicion that he was still alive. Okay, because, yeah, yeah, that would be fucking... Like, like there's a, there's one moment where she goes into the child's, uh, the children's room. Yeah. She's walking out of the room. She looks over at the bed and they don't even show a shot of the bed, which is making me wonder, is he like laying in the bed? Oh my God. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. th there's all this evidence that supported that when Pete does his magic trick at the talent show and he says, I'm going to make my brother reappear. Yeah. I legitimately thought, holy shit. Is the brother alive? Because that would make this the most insane movie ever. I was like, oh yes, the fucking. <laughs> and it is, and even without that happening, it's still the most insane movie ever. Yeah, there's so <laughs> many. I feel like I don't know if I because I took a friend to see it and they and so it was hard to explain. Um, yeah, yeah. Was it just <laughs> grounded just, family drama, cancer drama, yeah. and then fucking assassination murder plot in the third act? Oh, and let's just tie it all together at the end with like this. Yeah. I don't even know this weepy feel good message that is supposed to, I guess, tie things together, but I don't know. clearly doesn't. I just don't. I Oh my God. Did you think, because I think that the editing in films like this that are meant to be. <laughs> emphasis on the meant to be <laughs> like lighthearted and happy-go-lucky and stuff like the yeah. shots should be long like held on longer i agree but i feel like it, it cuts so quickly like i never mm -hmm. looked at anything for longer than like a second or two so i was like what yeah. the fuck like i i can't register with anything and then the some of the shots are so dynamic and i was like why why yeah. are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, there is a there is like a like a Hollywood like a glossy you know look to this movie yeah. where I almost wanted Colin Trevorrow to shoot it like an indie film. I wanted him to use a different camera. Yeah. I wanted him to use different lighting. I wanted it to be something that did not look like there's so many um, scenes where it's so poorly lit too like ha somebody's half of their face is like completely dark and yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my yeah. god." <laughs> I just don't. I, I don't understand the filmmaking that's on display in this movie. I, really, I, I don't get it either. I was like, Colin, you you've done Jurassic World. You've got the job for Star Wars Nine. You don't have to show off how dynamic you are. <laughs> well, can we talk about that now for a minute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As much as I believe that this is the kind of film that kills people's careers. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's way too deep into Episode Nine for them to fire him at this point, right? Oh no, not at all. Oh, you think that he, you think it's a possibility? I think they could. Well, I mean, it's Disney. They can do whatever the fuck they want. So I think they could easily just be like, "Yep, get off." <laughs> we'll get well, I, here's what I think. I think they're going to keep him on, uh, but I think they're going to be watching him like a fucking hawk. Yeah. Uh, because you know, this is not Star Wars. Is not the kind of movie that you know a single director gets complete control over. No, not at all. 
there's too many people involved in that movie to you know for it to let it get up. to that point yeah yeah exactly and that's what i that was my thought process when they first announced he would be doing episode nine because i was like uh jurassic world was kind of shitty and then i was like yeah well that's a, it is a star wars movie like nobody's gonna let it go to shit <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know who i oh my god um all right, I got to gather some more of my thoughts here um, because I know we're scattershot. We're going all over the place <laughs> since we're just talking about the movie, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as, as it comes to my mind here. So let's also talk about this. This fucking audio tape oh all right, that he God. leaves for her where he has the foresight, the smarts and the wit to know exactly what her responses are going yeah. to be. They argue in like a scene. I was like... Really? <laughs> How is this is why I kept saying to myself, well, he's got to be fucking alive. Yeah. And wait, and here's the other thing, too. Does he actually like probably have it like timed out where it's like, mom, stop listening here and then make sure you resume playing me on this day at this time? Because yeah. how in God's name could he actually record this and time it out to a T? It makes no fucking sense there is such a thing in film as suspending your disbelief and then there is such a thing as being retarded yeah and that's where this film comes into play here i had to <laughs> i had to really suspend my disbelief <laughs> i was like I, I just could i couldn't at a certain point i was like oh man like this is so like unbelievable at a certain level like i can't can't even wrap my head around so it. she goes she goes and she buys this high caliber rifle because the, the plan is henry uh is convinced that um i guess dean norris is molesting his stepdaughter See, they never allude i want to just real quick they never allude to whether he's like sexually assaulting her or if he's just beating her right because it's not shown because this is like a family film for some bizarre which reason is, which is interesting because when they don't show it when henry sees it and then I was like, at the point when Naomi Watts witnesses it, I was like, oh, please show it. Just dig yourself a deeper hole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, God, yes. There was a certain point where I was like begging for bad things to happen so the movie could just dig itself a deeper hole. Like, I was just like, come, please, <laughs> please. I know. I just wanted it to just divulge into complete camp territory at yeah. a certain point. Um, but no, instead, it's not shown. And it also adds. Uh, that There's it- never evidence on like the the girl. They never, like, have makeup showing, like, what happened. She also has no lines in the movie. Yeah. She literally has no lines until the end of this movie. In half of her scenes, her hair is covering half of her face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What fucking, what makeup and hair, who on that film was makeup and hair that was like, you know what, that looks good. And then why was John Schwartzman and Colin Trevorrow looking through the lens and went, you know what, that looks good. (laughs) Why did nobody step in? I would have given, like, that PA a million dollars to just step in and, like, brush her hair over her ear. <laughs> there's a couple of questions that need to be asked. Um, th- there's a lot of questions that need to be asked. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay, here's one. What happened to uh, her mom? Christine? Is her name Christina or Christine or something? I don't, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? Wh- what happened to her mom that she's uh, saddled with this guy? Uh, don't know. They don't okay, they don't great. We it. don't know. Yeah. What happened to Henry and Pete's father? Uh, don't know. They don't explain it. Yep. Uh, so how is Naomi Watts, as a waitress in a really, really <laughs> shitty diner, I'm so uh, <laughs> providing for them with this house and, you know, paying these bills? Here's and, an even better question. How is Naomi yeah. Watts, a waitress at a shitty, shitty diner, accumulated $68,000 that she can just live off of? <laughs> 
I'm going to take a wild guess and say that that was money left behind by the death of her husband, maybe? Maybe. They say when they show this, when they talk, for some reason, her fucking boss knows the answer to the question. Because he says something like, you have money in, like, bonds and stocks. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Maybe Henry is uh, so smart that he just has been investing for her for many years. Money's just accumulated, I suppose. So, but the question then becomes this. How did he learn all of this to become this smart? We never see Henry reading a fucking book. We never yeah, why see... why is he just a genius? Yeah, he wasn't born like that out of the womb, formulating full sentences, coming yeah. right out and saying, Mom, look at me. I'm the captain now. Oh, I would have paid. I would have paid. <laughs> I would have... My, my, my $9 ticket would have been worth a scene of him coming out of the womb and speaking full sentences. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And this movie is, like, not far away from that, I feel like. No, not at all. (laughs) Like, that's the thing about this, is that this screenplay, as this movie was unfolding, I just kept saying to myself, you know, like, when you're watching movies and, you know, you're actually excited to not know where the screenplay is taking you? Yeah. This is, like, the exact opposite of that, where (laughs) I have no idea where the screenplay is taking me, but I don't want to know, because this movie is just teetering such a terrible line the entire time. What's annoying is when... When Henry actually, whatever, you know, dies, I was like, fuck, there's another hour of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and I yeah. was like, w- why? <laughs> well, as soon as he died, I-, I understood now why from the trailer of the tape recorder and him talking to her through the headphones. And I'm like, oh, okay. no, no freaking way yeah. does he have this so planned out. Yeah. There is no way. Then she buys the rifle. You know, like I said, this high caliber rifle. Yeah. Somehow gets away with a suppressor and extra magazines. Oh, yeah, because because her son told her exactly what to say and knew exactly that it would work. Which is funny. Sure. Which is funny. They fucked themselves over with that scene. Because in the scene where Henry notices that the guy mentions, like, whoever the head honcho is at the gun store, and it, like, mm-hmm. scares the gun runner, he doesn't sell it to the guy in the first scene. Like, he, <laughs> j- he just tells him to get the fuck out. <laughs> Like, he just says, because he's like, oh, well, Dominic wouldn't be happy with this. And he's like, dude, get the fuck out. Like, I don't care. And Henry, like, says, so when she goes in, and she's like, oh, well, wait till Dominic hears about this. And he sells it to her. It's like, what? you just contradicted yourself. Like, and who the fuck is Dominic? Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck is Dominic? <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so she buys this rifle. She's <laughs> I can't. And then she's practicing oh, shooting can't. it, like, in her backyard. Yeah. In like her backyard, uh, like, or in these woods, or the I police no- commissioner can like look over his fence and be like, "Oh, look, a high caliber rifle." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, we have God. the scene now where she lures him out into the yard. Henry is literally proposing to his mom to kill this person because he is a child molester and because he's a police commissioner and he's so high up, I guess they don't feel that calling the authorities on him will actually do the trick. He has to fucking die. Can we? Well, they, because one thing that they do, they don't really, but like they allude very quickly to the fact that they have tried to call the authorities on him before and it hasn't worked. God. All right. But still, it's like, really? But then, but what's what gets me is like, if it's work, if it hasn't worked before, why all of a sudden, when the school principal calls again, because it was the school principal the first time, is it a bigger deal? Why wasn't it a bigger deal the first time she called? I'm so confused. 
protect our own, I suppose. I guess. You know, but and now it's we, like, oh, we can't do it anymore. Can we talk about how ridiculous it is that they lure him into the woods? <laughs> because no human being in their right mind hears whistling and is like, shit, I'm gonna grab my 38 and walk into the backyard real quick. I was laughing like v- out loud in the theater when that started hap- when they showed the shot of the walkie-talkie. I just started laughing my ass off. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. Oh my it. god! I can't even formulate complete sentences right now because I'm just like there's so much going through my mind. Okay, let me ask you this question. Okay. She's about to kill him. She's gonna pull the trigger. Oh, Henry gosh. is literally saying over the headphones, "Yeah, breathe, stay calm. Yeah. You can do this." And then these photos unveil themselves, and they are photos of her kids when they're younger. Mm-hmm. So this is by design, right? This is all Henry's. This is all Henry's plan to get her to not do it. I don't think so, because I think he wants her to kill him. Then why is it that he devises this freaking, you know, contraption that unveils these photos right before her eyes? I don't know if it was meant for her to like see that right away. I don't understand. I don't understand that because because it like accidentally goes off or whatever. Because she likes because he looks because Dean Norris like looks through the scope and she like <laughs> slips and activates uh-huh. the thing or whatever. Yeah. And I was just like, Jesus Christ. Well, okay, so that that recontextualizes that for me because I actually must have missed that and I thought that was actually supposed to happen because I started – and this is why I thought that he was alive at the end. Mm -hmm. I thought that this was all like his way, like his lesson to try to get her to mature and be a big girl and realize that she doesn't have to listen to him because it's completely insane for her to listen to him because just – but but she just she goes along with it and she does obey his every command, you know, until the end when she finally does it. And that's why I thought like he was gonna reappear at the end and be like, now now you know now no. you know, mom. Now you know what it means to be a true adult. It's so funny because like when in that scene when the pictures unfold, I was like, oh, that's what it took for you to be like, you know, I shouldn't shoot this guy. <laughs> It wasn't the entire process of, like, going all around town to get all this money and buying the rifle and, like, practicing with the rifle. <laughs> she's so committed. Yeah, she shows that she's willing to do this. And clearly whatever he's doing to this girl is so terrible that he deserves to die. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, yeah, like, fuck child molesters and child abusers, right? Like, we all can agree on that. But uh, Of course. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. So I. I really don't know. It's so weird. I just don't know if the answer is like buying a high caliber rifle and shooting them in the head. <laughs> I. I totally agree with you. I don't um, know if that's the answer. <laughs> we. We actually believe it or not. Before we get into our final thoughts, uh, grade and Oscar potential. <laughs> yeah. Right. This is gonna be the Suicide Squad of the Year, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um. Before we get into that, we actually have some feedback. Oh, okay. Uh. Yeah. We have some feedback from some. Some. From. Some fans here. Sweet. Uh, Jason Michael uh, at Atlantic Screen, Screen Connection, uh, at Atlantic SC on Twitter. Uh, he has a question for both you and I, Josh. Okay. How are we doing? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, now, so some people asked me, um, why are you going to see this movie knowing full well how bad this is going to be? You know, they they, they they just point blank asked me, why would you subject yourself to this? Mm-hmm. And my reply to them was, there comes a time where something is just so bad 
that it actually becomes fun. Yeah. Um, and then there are movies that are just really bad that they're like not enjoyable, like Baywatch. Yeah. Oh, so, God. but this this movie is literally so bad and baffling that you could you can't help but just laugh at it. Yeah. So how am I? How am I doing right now? Um, I'm upset that I wasted time, but. I love that I I love that I forever have um, this movie in my mind as a frame of reference for directors to not do certain things and for screenwriting to not go in a certain direction. Yeah. And I have this as a comparison so that when people know when I give my grades out, they know where the bar fucking is for how low you can go. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, you know, I was I was having a pretty good week, and then I fucking saw this movie. <laughs> I've never been so like angry watching something. Uh, this one is from uh, Nova at Nova MG Seven Matthew Gorell. Uh, which absurd plot choice was the most baffling to you? Oh God, which one to pick from? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was definitely um, for me. It was definitely the Pete's magic trick at the end, where he's like, "I'm going to make my brother reappear," and it's just this like confetti or. S- a snow effect and it's coming from the ceiling which means people had to actually set that up and the whole audience is so stupid they're just like oh this is so nice oh nobody nobody would clap at that nobody has any idea what the hell that is it means something to pete it doesn't mean anything to them and to maybe like one or two people in the room at the talent show none of the parents would have known what was going on they would have been like what do you mean like what do you mean you're gonna make your brother reappear like (laughs) right right um, if anything, I would think that the child is demented and he needs to speak to a counselor. He thinks he's going to make his brother reappear. Exactly. And, and and you know what I would also be thinking if I was in that audience and I saw all this shit flying to the air? I'd be like, oh, my God, that's his fucking ashes. Ew. <laughs> you know? I, or, uh, and then once I realized it was just like snowflakes or whatever, I'd be like, oh, get this the fuck off me. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the fact that this audience responds with smiles and laughter and, and uh, cheering and clapping, and... standing ovation is like just the most phony thing I could possibly imagine. And then uh, they have the audacity to have Henry do uh, a voiceover at the end where he then says, sometimes a good story will remind you of who you want to be. And I was like, oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> but what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> a good story will remind you of who you want to be. Does Is he talking about his mother, Naomi Watts, and who she wants to be? And it, it, this isn't even a good story. What's the story? I don't. Ah, uh, hands don't in the air. It's so funny because the, 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 plot, the plot of the movie doesn't start until about hour five. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just things happening, like, one after the other. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the... But I think the dumbest plot point for me was when they don't explain the seizure of the headaches right away. Yeah. Because I was so excited. I was like, oh, this is just, like, stupid plot points. He's so smart that his head hurts. Wow. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I took it as. When they took him to the hospital, I was like, oh, he's so smart that his fucking head hurts. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> This is from at Bailey Holden M on Twitter. Do you think people who aren't critics should watch this movie to see how bad it is, or should we not even bother? Um, I, it's hard people to say. People who are not critics. <laughs> well, apparently, to Colin Trevorrow, everybody should be a film critic. 
Oh yeah. Have you looked at his retweets on his uh on his Twitter feed lately? Yeah, I was going to say did you see that tweet the other day where he quote the guy tweeted that he really liked the movie? And Oh, and he says you should be a film critic within the next 24 hours. Yeah, I retweeted that and I, I and I said the phrase and you should become a critic and you should become a critic and you should become a critic. We're yeah. all critics. It's like why? <laughs> as long as you like my movie, you should become a film critic. What I want to know. That excuse cuz like with the with Baywatch, right? Or whatever, like it was. Oh, it was made for the fans. Who, who the fuck are the fans that Book of Henry is being made for? There's no preconceived audience. It's just a movie. It's the same people that saw Collateral Beauty and thought that the message was beautiful and made them cry at the end. It's an original piece, so I don't know what fans this is being made for. Because mm-hmm. there's not a pre-audience, so it's like, who the fuck are you making this for? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can, after the fact, after my fucking drunken stupor of trying to figure out what was going on in the movie. I, I guess I could see how some people would find it moving. I guess. Right. Because it manipulates you. Yeah. It's child it's kid, having kid a kid fucking cancer. brain tumor. Yeah, because they, they have all the things in place, right? Single mom. No, they don't have two parents. Um, the kid, Jacob Tremblay, gets bullied. Um, he gets cancer. He dies. Uh, I don't even know if he gets cancer. They don't explain it. Unless I miss that. It's a brain tumor. Okay. Um, then it's like the mom like goes into a fucking mental breakdown while he's dead. Like all the pieces are in place for you to feel bad. And then at the end, like I guess the magic trick is like mildly heartwarming because of the scene earlier in the movie. But it's like, you don't, I, for me, I don't connect with any of the characters. So I don't give a fuck what's going on. I don't, I don't understand what the message of the movie is. Uh, I don't either. I, I want to tweet at, at Colin Trevorrow right now. You know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to take out my phone right now. <laughs> what is the I'm message going to of tweet. the book of Henry? Uh, this is live, people. This is really happening. I'm, I'm opening up Twitter right now as we speak. Here we go. At Colin Trevorrow. Here we go. Can you please sum up for me in how many characters are in a tweet? 140 characters? In 140 characters, what the message of this movie should be. Yeah, because I don't know. I think it's bullshit, too, that Colin Trevorrow has, like, a fucking stellar cast. Mm-hmm. Naomi Watts, Jacob Tremblay, Dean Norris, Lee Pace. Like, all these people are fucking amazingly talented. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck are they in this movie? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I want to know how all of these amazing actors read that script and went, yeah, I'll be in this. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I don't know. Naomi Watts has been in classics. Mm-hmm. Classics. Jacob Tremblay is hot off the heels of Room. Dean Norris has critic acclaim from Breaking Bad. Why the fuck are they in this movie? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I do not know. That's what baffled me. Because, like, when Naomi Watts has the line about, we're not murdering the police commissioner, I was like, you've been in fucking classics, woman. Why are you in this? <laughs> I was just so upset. Uh, I am very there's upset a couple, as well. There's a couple problems I had, too, with continuity. There's a part where, and I wrote them down, there's a part in the hospital where Henry is on his laptop, and then they cut away to a wide shot, and the laptop isn't there, and then when they come back in the close-up, the laptop isn't there. Um, when they show the door to the hospital room, it is clearly a different hospital than the bed. Yeah. So they didn't even try to make it look the same. Um, 
I think there's two scenes where Naomi Watts is in their bedroom and she is talking to Henry and the eyelines don't match. Like she's looking straight up, but he would be down and at an angle, but she's looking straight like to what would be the wall. And I was like, man, you guys really dropped the ball on this. Do you think that at a certain point they just threw up their hands and they just said, fuck it? I, d- I don't know. I really don't know. Okay. Because they seem to care about the movie. <laughs> Colin Jamaro wouldn't be defending himself on Twitter if he didn't care about the movie. <laughs> I mean, he's got two kids, you know. Maybe this material spoke to him. I, I don't I, maybe. I, I don't know how or why. I don't know. Well, it's... it's What's if they're, the message that's... The message that they try to send is also kind of offensive, I feel like, at parts. Because... Like, not only is Naomi Watts, like, Naomi Watts' character, like, childish, in a sense, you know, she plays video games, like, she gets drunk, like, whatever, um, but she... Oh, God, Sarah Silverman's character, I totally forgot about her. <laughs> but what she, a train like, wreck of a woman yeah. she is in but this she, movie. But like, she's, like, Woo. she's, like, negligent to Jacob Tremblay. Oh, yeah. Like, when they, when, when he's dying, she, the, one of the nurses says, like, ma'am, your son... And she's like, can you hear me? And she's like, no, your other son. And she like turns around and it's this shot of Jacob Tremblay just like on his own. And like it, in the doors of the hospital. And I'm just like, what the, f- why are you neglecting your other son? <laughs> yeah. Well, because Henry is everything to her, you know, without, without him, it, it, it it's literally role reversal. That yeah. idea of flip the roles around and Naomi Watts is on the gurney. And Henry is the one that's like by her side. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's and so it's like it's just so offensive in that fact, though. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yep. I I I think we've touched upon pretty much everything we can touch upon yeah, on yeah, this yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, so final thoughts on the book of Henry. What what, what do you got first, Josh? Screenplay is terrible. Deliver like uh, Colin Trevorrow does for some reason can't direct actors to say lines. Talented actors critically acclaimed actors um the plot holes are just so odd there it's poorly edited it's poorly shot the theme the visual themes don't fit the subtextual themes i don't it's just so bad (laughs) like from start to finish it's just like this is horrible (laughs) i didn't i didn't enjoy a single part of it (laughs) like there was not there was not a moment where i was like oh Ah, this is this is satisfying. <laughs> what do you have here for a great out of ten? Uh, so it's, it's a it's a one out of, it's a one out of ten, like at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, um, I echo everything you literally just said. One out of ten. God. Um, this is a strong contender for one of the worst films of the year, and might possibly be the worst film of the year. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it'll beat it. <laughs> I don't know what will beat it. I shudder to think what can. Yeah. Like, what does that movie look like? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it's like horrifying to think about, actually. <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for listening to our thoughts, our review, and our complete teardown of the Book of Henry. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Player FM. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know that we are complete morons. We didn't understand what the point of this movie was and that we are wrong for tearing this movie apart like we have. Or you could give us a five-star review, which, you know, we probably would appreciate. And you can, you know, say the same message even if you want. Either way, as long as it's five stars, I'm not complaining over here. But either way, just leave us your feedback. Let us know what you think of the show. 
We really, really much appreciate it. Josh Williams, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Josh underscore Williams09. All right, and you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will see you all next time. Hey Hey there. there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.